we sometimes call internally the invisible banking. So the, the, the bank is just there when you need it. I think crucial for this one is also really to listen to the end user, where they do that business, what they need it. Embedded lending, a term that's been buzzing in the financial industry and has the potential to transform the lending landscape. But what does the future hold for this groundbreaking concept in Europe? That's what we'll be exploring today. Welcome back to Open Banking Today and Tomorrow, a podcast powered by Rabobank. My name is Jeroen Broekema. I'm your host today, live from Money 2020 here in Amsterdam, Europe. So joining us here are Inge Smit, Embedded Lending Strategist at Rabobank. Welcome, Inge. Thanks. Good to have you here, as well as Olaf ten Duis, Lead Embedded Lending at Rabobank. Welcome, Olaf. Hi, welcome. Great to have you guys. You both are going to provide a valuable insight, I hope, into how embedded lending is poised to evolve in the next decade within Europe. Before we proceed, I want to remind our listeners that in addition to this episode on embedded lending in Europe, we also have a special episode where we explore the developments and innovations in China's financial landscape. Be sure to check the show with John Lin out in your podcast app for valuable insights into the global financial landscape. Now, let's start with our discussion on embedded lending in Europe. So first of all, Inge, I'd love to ask you, um, Embedded lending, what actually is embedded lending in your view? Yeah, in my view, like embedded lending is offering a lending solution uh, where the client uh, needs it and, uh, yeah, and at the right time. So, for example, when an SME client is uh, doing his business on a platform and wants to buy inventory, we can offer, they can apply for a lending solution on a platform instead of going to the traditional banking office to apply there for a loan. And a lot of people are talking about it, especially here today, but also in the financial industry broader. Um, Olaf, why do you think this is getting so much attention? Well, I think we see we see a lot of interest because there is a, a customer demand. I think, um, yeah, if you look how normal consumers or we in day-to-day life are, are doing our things and the, the ease and seamlessness we have, uh, everything available at, at any moment, at any time, via your phone, via any application or whatever. Uh, we see a trend that in the business, um, companies and especially SMEs, they are expecting the same kind of services. And, and, and that's the trend that you see. And that's where companies uh, step up their game to provide solutions there. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's the, the hype that you see. Um, I think we should not talk too much in, in another podcast we talk about that we should not call it embedded lending because that's really driven on, on embedded. But we should really look at how to add value for your users and, and like Inge said, being there where your your, your customer needs you and, and adding value there. Right, because ultimately what people expect within completely different industries is what they expect from financial services, right? Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And, and in the past, well, I'm not a, a, a banker from background, but in the past, if you wanted to have a loan as an SME, and it always has been a kind of an underserved mark, uh, market, you had to go with all your documentation to a banker. Uh, and especially for SMEs with lower tickets, uh, it was quite a costly activity where banks were actually not really interested. And, and with new technologies and with embedded lending, uh, you now see the trends that these, mo- these customer groups are actually being serviced with this kind of, of propositions. 
So now at least we have a clear vision on what embedded lending is. Um, but before we dive more into this topic, I'd love to know who you guys are because I started with embedded lending right away, but it's actually good to know who you guys are, what your, you know, a bit of your background maybe. So all of you were talking, maybe you can uh, keep doing that. Yeah, so, so my background, so I, I, I don't really have a background within banking. So I, I studied finance in the past, but have been uh, yeah, working in, in other industries, uh, mainly in energy and, and, and real estate and then really focus on innovation for the past eight years, uh, mainly in, in, in Berlin as a, as a corporate VC, so investing in, 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 in startups. So that's why I'm always really thinking from the, from the customer perspective, so to say, and, and now responsible for the embedded lending proposition in Rabobank. So from corporate uh, venture capital to banking. Yeah, but still really focused on on, 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 on partnering as well, and then and really innovating because it's uh, it, it is embedded lending, it's core banking, but it's more also product development because we're not there and we're learning how to how to provide loans in a different way than that we used to do. So, right, uh, makes sense. And Inge, a bit of your of your background, yeah, your, your I, current I, role. My uh, background only focused on uh, on yeah, the banking, uh, where like uh, in the beginning I served like a lot of uh, SMEs by. Uh, providing the traditional banking loan, and um, then I uh, took like actually embraced the, the innovation within the banks, and there I developed embedded lending solutions together with uh, fintech parties. Okay, well, both uh, great great backgrounds, I think, uh, to develop this for Rabobank. Because why is Rabobank uh, so much? Um, focused on embedded services, embedded lending in this case? What we see is that, uh, indeed what uh, Olaf already said as well, is that uh, the SMEs are currently underserved. We have a really uh, great stake in uh, in Holland, um, but also like our volume is decreasing. That comes also um, yeah, with, the, with the increasement of competition, but also with the complex uh, needs of the SMEs. So for SMEs, it's really hard to get a finance. Um, it, it takes like, they have like unclarity, it takes a lot of paperwork, but also uh, getting the, the money takes a lot of time. Um, yeah, so I think like we should embrace like the embedded lending uh, also just to, yeah, to keep up with the market and other yeah, competition. Right, it makes sense because all of, so is this also a way for a, a major bank in the Netherlands, but also globally, to keep serving the small business uh, customers? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and, 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 uh, they, there, there is a need for financing, and, and of course we, we should not uh, blind our eyes. There are also other new, new, yeah, like new kind of uh, finance providers in the in the market. Um, so that trend is there, and that's also something where we are trying to uh, to, to provide a solution there. Um, so, so there is a there is an opportunity. There's a need, and there we need to step into. And and as Rabobank, we always has been. We are the biggest SME bank. We've always been very locally active. Uh, but also due to digitization, uh, we, we, we shut a lot of, or shut down or reduce the amount of physical offices. But instead there, we still want to be there where the customer needs it, but now not in a local office in the village, but actually online, uh, we should be available there as and, much as possible. And, and where are you with Rabobank? Are you guys are working with a lot of players already to do embedded lending? Or are you exploring? Where, which phase are you currently in? Um, both, so we're exploring. So it's a, it's a new market. So that's also I would say our role to to learn uh, how how a, a, like a, like an embedded channel works. So what how how you can convince a, a distribution partner or a partner what proposition you should provide them 
to be interested in, in providing uh, a lending solution. Also know where SMEs would, would expect a lending solution, so that's not everywhere. So should it be in e-commerce, in bookkeeping platforms, so it's a lot of exploration. Uh, but we do this with, with, with yeah, front-running and innovative companies uh, that have a lot of SMEs and, and, and learn, innovate together, partner together to, to, to provide that proposition. And in the end, always with the goal to provide value for the, the common user that you have. Yeah, and I think in addition to that one, indeed, like we have, um, yeah, we're offering embedded lending solutions in uh, app platforms, like with, with those kind of partners. But we also are exploring where we can leverage our strength and also leverage the strength of uh, other fintech parties just to um, yeah to broaden our embedded lending scope but also just to launch faster uh, new embedded lending products right do you guys have examples of uh, players you currently work with yeah so so one of the the, the more well-known one for example is is, is bol.com uh, that we're providing a, a loan proposition to their merchants we're also working with several bookkeeping platforms like uh, Snellstart uh, is, is a bigger one, uh, also smil- smaller ones like, like Biscuit uh, and, and, and we're adding more and more and, and as I said really exploring what are the interesting verticals that we should work with and, 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 and that's why we are talking to them and also learning and also making mistakes. I think that's important in innovation to learn how to integrate, how to offer your, your proposition to really ha- have that value. And I don't think you're going to share everything here, but I'm just trying. So from a financial institution's perspective, what are the things, because you guys have been learning, I'm sure. You've seen stuff that's going well. You've seen that, you know, you've, you've made mistakes probably. Um, so are there partic- you know, particular things that you would recommend to financial institutions that, will, you know, that really want to go into uh, embedded services like embedded lending? Um, yeah, so in, in general, to make embedded lending successful, there are a few things you need to, you need to be really good at or focus on one is how to integrate do you have the capabilities and the, and the agility within your IT team to quickly learn and improve your, your your ways of integration we learned also by doing a really only providing an API is not not the way forward it's a really time-consuming and cost a lot of money for us as well as the partner so how do you provide a, a, a better and, and, and more scalable and easier to implement uh, IT solution. But also be very clear, if you don't have the capabilities, then not to try to build it yourself, but partner up. And that's also something we are trying to do. Uh, and that's also knowing in this value chain where you're good at and where you can actually better partner to be faster and accelerate your, your time to market. Uh, and I think from Rabobank, we know quite well what we are good at and also a learning why where we might are, are, are not that good at and how we can actually improve by partnering. Uh, well, and in that perspective, we have a few announcements, I think, during uh, Money 2020, where we tell you about what kind of partnerships these are. I was curious about, you You could kind of touch upon it, but I don't know, one of you can ask both, but what, what are the particular challenges for a financial institution when embarking on a journey of uh, embedded lending? I think, like for me, is. Uh, building a, the right credit risk model, which is based like on the on, on data, like the open yeah the data of the open uh, banking platform or of environment. Um, also, just to to do like credit decisioning, which is uh, based on the current performance or like the the future performance of of a company instead of like the the annual figures. Right. Yeah, to add on that, uh, within the Rabobank, so now mostly our credit decisioning is done on open banking, so we look at transaction data. 
we have a very good model uh, there, which is trained about uh, like during being uh, being a market leader in SMB lending. That's a credit estimate. That's model, a credit right? estimate model that that we that we use. Um, and I always li- like to use the term: if you look at embedded lending, uh, it has much more potential. It's like uh, yeah, the, the name. What I what I sometimes mention is like uh, lending on steroids. If you if you are able to use data of platforms and, and additional data, you can actually make such better proposals because you know your customers so well. You know when they need money. You know you know when they don't need money or when they should not be offered a loan, etc. And that potential. It's there, but it's only there when you are able to consume that data and to work with that data. And I think that's, for example, a challenge that banks have because they really they have a lot of data, but mainly focus on on, on, on transaction data. But how to also deal with other data, like from e-commerce, etc., and how to work with that. And and that's a question: should you train that or look for partners that actually have that capability? Well, and what's faster? You clearly have chosen to partner up, right? That's a clear message from this uh, this for episode. S- for yes, some definitely. parts, yes. For some parts, yes. So one big elephant in the room, at least in my room, is regulation. Because you get all these questions, I imagine, around this is not you know, a direct lending proposition from Rabobank where you just deal with Rabobank only. Um, but this is about partnering up. So this is dealing with a lot of other players. So how does regulation work? But also, where do you guys think this is going towards? To which direction in terms of regulation? Good, 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 good question, but I'm not sure if I, if I know the answer. So we, we, we have departments that are really focused on, uh, on, on, on regulations, which is I think is a good thing. Although we are in our department not always happy with it, uh, but they ask questions about that. And they are always very, very focused on whether uh, we we do comply with regulations and that we always, yeah, keep the customer in mind and, and things like do like uh, duty of care, etc. So that's always always within our uh, perspective, uh, and that's also part of the journey. I think in, in partnering, how that you how how to make sure you're still compliant and, and adding to regulation. Do you guys have uh, other examples of embedded lending in, in, in Europe? You, you, you spent time in Berlin, you said yeah. in the introduction. So maybe from there or elsewhere? So actually one of the announcements is with a Berlin-based company that we are <laughs> doing, uh, doing today, which is not a coincidence. Um, but yeah, I think in, in, in Europe, uh, they're, 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 we, we, we are moving ahead with, uh, with, with embedded lending due to open, ba- open banking. I think... What my experience is in, in, in Germany, for example, uh, there's a little bit less um, uh, consumption of, of digital, uh, sorry, about digital currencies, or how to say that, uh, not to- tokenization, I mean with, uh, yeah, doing digital transactions where a lot of um, cash money is being used, etc. So in some markets, I think we, we are in the Netherlands a little bit ahead. Uh, but lately, and, and John Lind will talk, about, talk more about it uh, later, uh, you have, of, of course, examples of China, what they are doing with platformization and, 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 and e-commerce and embedded lending and embedded services, which is much more advanced, I would say, than what we have. The other um, thing I wanted to touch upon with you guys is from uh, completely from an SME perspective, right? Because ultimately, this is about partnering with fintechs and uh, a financial institution. But the end, cl- end client, the end user is a uh, small, uh, medium-sized enterprise. How different will this world, this new world, be for SMEs compared to the, you know, old quote-unquote uh, world of regular uh, financing businesses? I think, like for an SME, it's all about, um, yeah, getting more, uh, getting, um, 
yeah, like alone more easily, faster, and also like I think more important at a platform and at a point of sale when they need it. Um, but I would also say like next to obtaining the loan, it's also creating an awareness and, and personalize uh, an offer. So for example, when indeed like an invoice, a huge invoice needs to be paid, then we can send, for example, in an ideal scenario, like a trigger, like, hey, your cash flow is getting low and you need to pay an invoice. So would you like to finance? So then a platform can also be become more relevant and can be like a daily touch point for the SME. So it's also all about to ease the SME to doing his business. Yeah, and it, it's a trend going into you know, what we sometimes call internally the invisible banking. So the, the, the bank is just there when you need it. So the, the proposition pops up when you need it and, on, and only then. And you don't even need to think anymore like I need to go to my, to my bank. Uh, and I think that's where, where, where it goes and where it should go. Um, and, and I think an advantage or what we as a bank try to do is that we always try to be very transparent about uh, the solutions or the, the products that we offer and be very transparent as well about interest rates, costs, uh, and, and that, uh, that an SME really knows where he commits to because that's what you sometimes see with other fintechs providing loans, not always that transparent or yeah, significantly higher interest rates that we are actually... Uh, Internally allowed to to offer, and I think that's also a trend where the regulation maybe will kick in to be very transparent about what you're actually committing to. Right. But, but the trend is that it will be there when you need it. Exactly. Really, in this in in line with the, with this platformication. Makes sense. That makes total sense. To wrap things up, any last thoughts from? either or both of you um, that you want to share with our listeners? No, I would say uh, I think it's a very interesting market or part of the market with embedded lending. It's, it's early. Sometimes you see quite high numbers that, that, that are expected. I think numbers are, are, are getting there, but it might take all, also a little bit longer in terms of adoption. Yeah, but let's together uh, keep an eye on it and see how, how embedded lending will evolve. Yeah. And I think like uh, maybe one thing to add is that uh, I think crucial for this one is also really to listen to the end user, where they do that business, what they need it, so we can adapt our new uh, product solutions uh, to their needs. Wonderful. Very clear messaging uh, during this episode. Uh, thank you, uh, Olaf. Thank you, Inge, for sharing your insights and expertise on the future of embedded lending in the Netherlands, Europe, maybe globally. Let's see. It's been a pleasure to having you on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you Thanks. for tuning in to this episode of Open Banking Today and Tomorrow. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and stay tuned for more enlightening discussions with industry experts. And would you like to know more about embedded lending in China? Please check out the other episode with John Lin. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>